Our mission is to discuss extraction, processing, business practices, and lessons learned with the established experts of the extraction process. This is Mission Supercritical, a service of Apex Supercritical, the leading CO2 extraction equipment manufacturer. Now, here to navigate our broadcast is a U.S. Navy veteran and the founder and president of Apex Supercritical, Okay, welcome Andy to Joseph. Mission Supercritical, an exclusive radio show that highlights the extraordinary individual success stories of Apex Supercritical's more more than 500 customers operating in the cannabis industry today. I'm your host, Andy Joseph, president and founder of Apex Supercritical, and thanks everybody for joining us. This is our fourth show. Super excited about it. Today's guest is going to be Dr. Paul Muchowski. He's the founder and CEO of Dr. Paul's. Uh, Dr. Paul's is a supplier of 100% organic concentrate products from Mendocino County, and Dr. Paul received his PhD in biological structure from the University of Washington, and he also performed postdoctoral training at Max Planck Institute for Biochemistry. So, yeah, that's a mouthful there. Uh, Dr. Paul is a leading expert on neurodegenerative diseases, has published more than 60 highly cited research papers, and has given hundreds of lectures in his research worldwide. Uh, in addition, he's won numerous awards for his innovative science, uh, I'm sorry, the innovative research and leadership. Dr. Michowski currently serves as a co-chair for the Scientific Advisory Committee on the National Cannabis Industry Association, or NCIA. Welcome to the show, Dr. Michowski. Thank you. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming on. This is great. Uh, um, so, you know, this is a, this this show kind of has a, an interesting an interesting ploy here, an interesting play in that we're, we're talking about uh, lots of different customers and that are going on. Your background is is particularly interesting in that you know you didn't spend a lot of time in cannabis uh, as you were getting uh, as you're doing associate uh, professorships and and full time professorships, even while you're you were getting your PhD. You know, you ended up working as a professor in, in medical schools in those different places. How did you actually get into the cannabis industry? And, and you know, you use the word epiphany a lot of times. Can you help <laughs> describe that? Sure, sure. So, yeah, I come, I would say, as an outsider to the in industry, but I was a scientist who had a long-time interest in the science of cannabis. Um so I guess briefly, I can just give you a little bit of sort of my background and how I got to uh, to starting a company in the cannabis space. Um, so as you mentioned, uh, I worked in traditional academic science uh, the vast majority of my career. Um, basically, I was a professor teaching in medical schools, like teaching classes in different departments, biochemistry, pharmacology, um, but mainly running a research lab. Um, I always I had anywhere from, say, eight to 20 people working under me, uh, performing research, trying to understand what we call the molecular basis of brain diseases like neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease and a disease we worked on called Huntington's disease. And um, so how it ultimately led to cannabis um, was an interesting story. So uh, about 10 years ago, research in our lab had uh, identified a novel potential pathway important for brain diseases. I mean, the whole goal for us is to develop drugs ultimately that might benefit patients with uh, these horrible brain diseases. And as you guys are probably aware, there isn't a single drug um, out there that, that will slow down these degenerative diseases. So the whole goal was to try and find some pathway that you can put the brakes on to slow things down a little and essentially 
help the patient out. And our research identified this one pathway that looked to be very intriguing, not just for one of the diseases, but for potentially multiple diseases. And we got, as we were investigating that research, uh, we decided, uh, so we identified this uh, interesting pathway and we developed, uh, started to develop novel drugs to block that pathway. Um, and when we started to characterize those drugs, we found out that they actually weren't getting into the brain. And that was a huge shock to us that, that, you know, basically we could take these potential drugs, put them in different animal models of brain disease, and they seem to have a pretty profound impact on slowing the disease down, yet they didn't get into the brain. And, and these were these were more of like pharmaceutical type drugs, not that was necessarily idea. Can that, cannabis that, or yes. cannabinoids. Exactly. So that, that they were basically single small molecules that um, actually, funny enough, I developed with my father who I'd recruited after he retired, who was a chemist as well. Um, but yeah, so these were to go the traditional route of developing the small molecule, going through clinical trials in humans and so forth. Um, so when we, when we found out, we basically eventually found out that the way these um, small molecules worked was impacting the immune system of the body. So the peripheral immune system, um, you're circulating blood cells, essentially. And that was a big surprise to everyone. And, you know, we published a big paper on that. Um, and, and we thought, well, wow, that's kind of interesting that you might be able to control the brain by, uh, by actually targeting peripheral compartments. Everyone originally thought that you had all the action was going on in the brain, but these studies would suggest that things like your environment and your immune system could be important contributors. So at that point, we are very interested in this idea because there's a lot of drugs that target the immune system. So we started to look for other potential pathways that are found in immune cells that might have some impact on brain disease. And that's where we, that's what led us to the cannabinoid uh, research. And essentially what had happened is that um, while I was a professor at University of Washington, a close colleague of mine, um, he actually worked on the cannabinoid system. He was one of the first pioneers of research in the cannabinoid area. And in fact, he discovered the second uh, so-called endogenous cannabinoid, or, you know, our body makes cannabinoids as well. And he discovered uh, the second one and had been doing a lot of research on it. And uh, his name was uh, Dr. Nephi Stella. And he was convincing me, Paul, I should look at this. Uh, the, the cannabinoid system is very important. It's very, it's likely to be very important for brain disease and you should check it out. And, um, so we eventually, um, started, we, we acquired funding to study, uh, the endocannabinoid system and, and for several years did a very in-depth analysis of whether the body's own cannabinoid system might be important for these brain diseases. And, uh, to make a short story long, that that's exactly what we found, um, that, that the endogenous cannabinoid system seem to be very important, not only for the onset of disease in these animals, but also for uh, the severity of the disease once they got disease. And the whole thing was working through the immune system, not directly on, not directly through the brain cells. Right, right. So these are, these are animal studies at this point and, you know, got a, a pretty big breakthrough that, you know, like I said, I think you could call it your epiphany. Uh, yeah, that, you know, yeah. Cannabis, cannabis can really work. How did you uh, make the transition into, uh, I'm going to use the word people. I don't know if that's the, the right term or not, but how did yeah. you make the transition into people? Well, no, that is the right term. And uh, uh, so at that point, what had happened is I had started a biotech um, to develop 
um, the, the other small molecules that, that I had developed, um, trying to move those into clinical trials. And it, that went okay for a while, but uh, it ended up being very frustrating because um, what not everyone, I think, on the outside would be aware is that to get a drug through trials for something like brain diseases is going to take somewhere like eight to 10 years and probably more than a billion dollars. And, you know, it's a very slow, laborious process, and uh, there's a lot of possibilities to fail along the way. In our case, it was um, some sort of bad politics that eventually led to the, the company uh, getting shut down. But, uh, but basically, I started to think at that point, you know, how could I have a more immediate impact on potential patients? And uh, just sort of in happenstance, um, I got asked, to um, serve as a consultant for a small company here uh, several years ago now that was interested in developing uh, a new concentrate business. So it was a, a medium scale um, cannabis grow in Oakland and they had had good success. So they're interested in uh, potentially uh, getting into concentrates. And this was, I would say, sort of at the earlier stage of concentrates. And so I, I looked at, I, I had done a lot of biochemical extractions during my research career, but I hadn't uh, specifically done extractions of cannabis, but I decided to look into it and I thought, yeah, I could help this guy out. So, so basically uh, he hired me as a consultant. I helped him set up a, a concentrate company. That's when we started working with you guys. Uh, um, we got a small starter system from Apex and basically he was just curious to see if we could actually do it and make good concentrates. And, um, Basically, one thing led to another, and he went off on his way, but uh, with his encouragement, uh, he, he really thought that I had some unique ideas that I could bring to the table that might be able ultimately result in generating novel products that aren't currently represented out there on the market. Right, and that was the birth of Dr. Paul's, right? Yeah, so, so we originally um, were called uh, Defined Concentrates, and, um, and the idea was initially, and it still is to a large extent, that we wanted to make concentrates that you knew you had to define chemical composition that you could trust in terms of health aspects. Uh, as you guys I know are aware, um, there's a lot of different uh, ways to get extractions, butane-based extractions um, that can leave uh, compounds left behind that are very harmful to health. Uh, a lot of people don't really pay attention to the issues of concentrating pesticides into your concentrates. And um, so for all these reasons, we thought, well, you know, the science background was going to be useful to be able to consistently produce a high quality product um, that was safe. And, uh, right, right. And, okay. uh, and then what well, happened is we, we ended up going through a rebranding to be called Dr. Paul's because uh, our investors, they thought they wanted us to tell the story behind the company more. And it's a fantastic story. It's it's just so compelling and, and really fantastic. All right. <clears throat> so, so uh, Paul, we're going to take a quick break here. And uh, when we come back, I want to dive into your thoughts. You had mentioned a little bit about single compounding, um, single compounding versus whole plant extracts, kind of the pharmaceutical approach versus the, the um, whole plant or even entourage effect. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about that. We'll regroup for more Mission Supercritical after we hear from our sponsors. 
Introducing 420 Cloud, ignited by MSIG, one of the fastest-growing social apps around. The only app you'll need for all things cannabis. Find the latest cannabis news, videos, and stories, ranging from business and tech to sports and medicine. Start your career in cannabis by seeking, identifying, and applying for jobs through our expansive listings. For businesses, 420cloud.com features a full-scale cross-channel network, monetizing high traffic for big data conversion and analytics. Download 420 Cloud now from the iTunes Store or Google Play. MSIG.com is a publicly listed company on the OTC, symbol MCIG. At Alternative Vibes, our core values of quality, loyalty, respect, and honesty guides us in our mission to help families find peace and harmony through our products and services. Whether you are looking for a more natural way of living, shopping essential oils, topicals, and edibles, or searching for a path towards achieving your goals, we are your choice. Learn more about our complete line of natural products and solutions at AlternativeVibes.com. Bringing quality of living to life. AlternativeVibes.com. Cannabis concentrates have been around for hundreds of centuries. In 19th century America, extracts mixed with other herbs were sold as a miracle cure. Now, Apex Supercritical has elevated the science of extraction into the 21st century. Apex Supercritical is the leader in CO2 extraction, which is the cleanest, safest, and purest way to extract plant oils. ROI in as little as three weeks. Our cost-effective systems are fully automated with an industry-leading three-year warranty. And if we don't have your system in stock, we can build one in as little as four weeks. Bringing CO2 extraction to the masses. Learn more at apexsupercritical.com. Four-week build excludes high production systems. Time to extract more knowledge on Mission Supercritical. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Okay, welcome back to Mission Supercritical. Today's show, we feature Dr. Paul Michowski. Uh, am I saying that right? Uh, yeah, Michowski? got it. it- Thank you. Sorry, I, I, uh, I don't want to make sure. I want to make sure I'm not butchering it. So, uh, so Doctor uh, Doctor Paul has uh, now created Doctor Paul's product line, and uh, you know we spent a little bit of time talking about your your interesting transition into the cannabis space. Um, and you know it, it's interesting. You you come from a pharmaceutical background, and and you know following kind of FDA approach and single compounding and that kind of stuff. But it sounds like you've actually you know, transitioned a little bit to think more about whole plant extracts and uh, your product line is focusing on, uh, you know, those, those whole plant extracts and maybe even entourage effect. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, what the difference between those two are and and why you think it's important? Sure. So yeah, you're correct in that scientists and by and large are all reductionists. They want to reduce things to the simplest possible explanation. And so in the case of uh, cannabis, of course, that's what they did. They identified THC, then they identified the receptors that the THC binds to. And so I think that initially, a lot of scientists believe that that's all you need to have a beneficial effect of cannabis. Um, and the, the the truth is, is that was very naive thinking. <laughs> and uh, so when I went into the commercial space, uh, I started to get very interested in what else is known about the plant in terms of the research, you know, what what's, uh, solid and rigorous research studies have been performed. And, you know, this was at a stage when people were starting to talk about the so-called entourage effect. And uh, for listeners who aren't familiar with that, I mean, the general idea is that the beneficial effects of cannabis are not simply due to THC or other cannabinoids like CBD, but 
they're due to the effects of those molecules with other molecules pres present in the plant. And there's lots and lots of molecules, but the ones that we've been interested in are the terpenes. And the reason we decided to focus on these terpene molecules was because I believe that there was already quite a strong scientific literature to support their potential benefits um, for various uh, different conditions and illnesses. And um, so our company is just a very strong believer in that that's how the plant is working. And when people uh, anecdotally have described that different strains have very strong differenti differentiating effects in humans, we actually think that there's uh, likely to be a scientific basis to that. And we're really interested in trying to understand that. Um, you know, we joke around and say we we're interested in cracking the code, you know, cracking the green code, sort of. Right. And and terpenes might actually uh, be the key to, to cracking that code. Um, well, you, I, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, how do you how do you how have you guys, you know, you're in more of a of a you know product marketing uh, phase at this point as opposed to pure scientific research. Right. So, you know, the, the yeah. two things sometimes have different drivers. How are you? How are you finding and, and using these terpenes uh, in order to try to help support your hypothesis? Okay, so so basically, I should say that um, luckily, luckily for us, uh, well, I should start off by saying we are a company that is a hundred percent interested in using uh, in-house research to drive product development. Um, what so? But luckily for us, that a lot of research had already been done and published. Um, by independent researchers and other groups that supported um, potential indications for terpenes already. So our initial products are based on terpene formulations that we uh, produced by analyzing scientific data that was out there and judging whether it was legitimate or not and whether or not we're um, you know, essentially placing the terpenes at a proper therapeutic dose that, that would have potential benefits. And was that cannabinoid research or was that uh, terpene associated no, no. With, with other it, stuff? Both, both, sometimes both, but but uh, but rarely. It's predominantly um, the terpene-based studies are, uh, are single compound studies, you know, where they uh, take one terpene and they look at its effects on, for example, anxiety or cancer. Um, but there are a handful of studies and they're starting to be more and more where people are really looking more carefully at the so-called entourage effect, where they combine, for example, THC with one or two terpenes to see if there's synergistic effects on, on different outcomes. And, and I, I, I strongly believe that that, that hypothesis that um, which terpenes are there will influence ultimately the outputs that you're going to uh, experience in the human, whether it is in a disease state or in a psychological state, um, are going to be help explain some of this, and so uh, you know we're basically also in the fundraising period right now. So we're we're basically um, we we're a very small company that was seeded with a small number of investors, and now we're um, looking to raise a Series A funding. And we are uh, won't move forward unless we can devote a very significant percentage of our of our uh, funding towards this research based product development. And you know I can't go into a lot of detail, but I can say that we really want to study this. Um, mainly in the human to see, you know, are these terpenes in combination and in different combinations with different cannabinoids eliciting different effects in humans. 
basically through the dispensary networks uh, to use them basically as a sort of mini clinical trial network. And, and you know, it, <clears throat> there's a lot of talk, as you know, especially so we're here in Ohio as, as Apex Supercritical. Um, you guys are in California, kind of two different worlds. A lot of the local municipalities, the regulators that just don't understand, you know, that there really is, you know, honest, honest and legitimate research and scientific evidence going on out there. They tend to kind of just default to, hey, you know, if it's not FDA approved, then it shouldn't be out there. Or, you know, I'll, I'll get behind cannabis and cannabis research once the FDA says that it's okay. What What's some of the challenges you see that the FDA um, or, or why hasn't the FDA come in and help out? Well... <laughs> Uh, I, I, I strong. Well, my personal opinion is that that they're getting pressure from uh, pharmaceutical industry to not allow that to happen. Um, sure. Uh, so, it, ask any scientist whether, like, legitimate scientist, whether or not there is scientific evidence in humans for beneficial effects of cannabis and different medical conditions, and I think you'll get a strong yes. And uh, for example, even the National Academy of Sciences, which is a group of the most elite scientists in our country, have looked at this and agreed as such. So why hasn't the government come around to that? It's always a good question. I mean, it's a, a, I don't, no one really understands that, but on the same token, uh, right now there's pharmaceutical companies that continue to develop cannabis-based therapeutics, such as GW Pharmaceuticals, and uh, for example, they have a CBD-based um, uh, formulation that's an extract um, that has shown very promising effects after completing numerous uh, phase three clinical trials. So it's likely to be approved as a drug before the end of this year, everyone thinks. And if that's true, they think that's gonna put a lot of pressure on FDA to reschedule um, cannabis, especially CBD at least. But uh, it, it's very frustrating um, as a scientist coming into this industry to see how much it's dismissed. I mean, there's a lot of misinformation out there. Um, there's politicians saying that it's gonna be the next opioid crisis, when in fact it's the opposite. It's gonna actually benefit the opioid crisis. So um, I think what I would say is that we need more scientists in the industry and we need more scientists being vocal about the known research and benefits of cannabis. Um, and, you know, I think, uh, you know, we're trying to do that in part. I've been helping with the National Cannabis Industry Association to do this sort of thing. But uh, it's it's a shame. I mean, uh, you know, the, the truth is, is this is something that has been used as a medicine for thousands of years, documented medical texts. The only reason it was prohibited here was a government effort to shut it down. And, uh, you know, it's worth turning it around, but it's it takes time, I guess. Well, and and. I agree with you 100. percent You know, it, it is it is a strange dynamic for sure. Um, you know, I've I've I heard a great uh, a great speaker one day talking about you know the FDA's issue uh, or the challenge of getting something approved by the FDA from a, a whole plant standpoint is you know just it's very difficult. It's a complex number of variables with just even just single compounding. It's a long process as you mentioned before. Uh, you know, the, the cannabis plant can have up to 100 different compounds in it. So the idea of getting it through the FDA process would be almost impossible, right? So let alone any, any pharmaceutical pressure, just the, the process itself, it seems like well, and, and it's self-limiting. You know, a thing that's going to be a big issue, too, is why do you even need to, right? If these are safe, you know, the the scientific evidence is strong that cannabis is safe as well. So, uh, you know, that's the issue is like, do we need to spend a billion dollars doing a clinical trial to see if this is really beneficial 
when someone can just go buy it at their dispensary. Right, right. I, I agree with you 100%. But uh, unfortunately, the uh, not all of the country is caught up to the, uh, you know, kind of the forward thinking of, of, you know, other states that have been legal for a long time, like California, you know, I can tell you here in Ohio, that isn't necessarily the way people think, you know, they, they think yeah. that the government is there to protect them. And, and once the government says something's okay, then they're okay. Well, uh, it's, it's really uh, sad. I mean, uh, just recently, a couple of weeks ago, I participated in a conference at Stanford, uh, uh, sponsored by the Epilepsy Foundation. And so there's a lot of patients there who have kids with childhood forms of epilepsy. And, you know, this is their only treatment. And you're talking uh, about kids who are in states like yours where they have to leave that state to go get CBD, which is completely safe. You know, I mean, the whole thing, uh, it's really pretty uh, backward in my view. <laughs> I, I agree. And uh, I don't think we're going to fix the FDA here in this conversation. But uh, yeah. So, uh, so we're going to take another quick break, and uh, when we come back, we'll uh, we'll ask you to look into the crystal ball, and I uh, want to talk a little bit about the the business environment that you're seeing in California, and and you know the future of concentrates. So we'll take a quick break and come back and talk about that. We'll regroup for more mission supercritical after we hear from our sponsors. Introducing Blue Moon CBD, straight from the bluegrass of Kentucky. With our special nano emulsion process, you'll not only get the best CBD available, you'll get more of it. Not all CBD is the same. It's your body. It's your choice. Get relief from inflammation, anxiety, and stress. Go to www.bluemoonhemp.com and use code HEMP420 for a 20% discount on your order. Balance your body. Balance your life. Make it Blue Moon CBD. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the hosts of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Time to extract more knowledge on Mission Supercritical, only on CannabisRadio.com. Okay, welcome back to Mission Supercritical. We've had a pretty exciting conversation with Dr. Paul uh, about his background and, and you know the epiphany that he had when it comes to using medical cannabis to, to help a, a number of, of treatments that uh, fall into the neurodegenerative category. One of the things I wanted to ask you, Paul, is, is Alzheimer's one of, those, uh, one of those particular diseases? Absolutely. Um, there is, uh, in, at least in animals, there's strong evidence uh, that, that the cannabinoid system plays an important role in the disease process. The problem uh, with Alzheimer's, though, is that we don't know if the animal models that we study are relevant or not because we don't have any drugs at work in the humans yet. So, um, but, but, you know, it's, uh, I, I would say broadly speaking, my view is that, that 
cannabis and the molecules in it, generally speaking, are pretty uh, strongly anti-inflammatory. And because inflammatory processes play important roles in dis diseases like Alzheimer's, that uh, cannabis is likely to be protective in, in those diseases. Yeah, that, that is fascinating. I, I just uh, we could go on for this conversation for forever. All right, so I, I promise the audience we talk about California. So uh, you know, there, there's kind of a, a chaos. At least it feels like a chaos going right now, as California is getting ready to make the transition into a, a more quote unquote legitimate system. You know, you're you're right there in the throes of it. What are you seeing as far as the, the chaos out there? Is it as chaotic as what it seems? Uh, it's more chaotic. Than it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I was thinking about this, like, why is it so difficult? You know, other states have already gone through regulation, but I think part of it is just the scale. I mean, California is just so huge and there's so many companies and so many dispensaries that uh, I don't know if the government was fully aware of the scope and scale of what's going on. And so, um, I mean, I haven't had much experience dealing with government regulation, but, uh, you know, my sense is sort of like that they're always playing catch up. You know, they're not that proactive, um, but it, I, I'm not too worried about it. Ultimately, I mean, it seems like it's falling into place. Uh, I think it'll probably uh, take a few years for the dust to settle for it to be actually implement, implemented in a good way. But uh, I think the frustrating thing as a business owner is that it's a continuously moving target and uh, and. So, you know, one week you'll assume that you need to uh, take plan X to get your licensing and be legitimate. And one week it'll change to plan Y. So, so I think you basically just have to be nimble and on your toes or else you could fall by the wayside. But it, it's, uh, I, I'm still glad, even though it's a huge bureaucratic nightmare, I, um, you know, I'm always a proponent in, that, that in legitimizing uh, this as a business. I think it's uh, sad that it hasn't been done sooner. Do you see it inhibiting some of your, the, the research that you're doing? Well, that's a good question that we don't know yet, but uh, uh, there is the potential for that. You know, like I know another dispensary who wanted to do, uh, uh, wanted to get a DA license, for example, so that they could, they could formally do research in their facility and that's not going to happen. So, um we don't know how the government's going to act. It's something very new because traditionally when you did research on the cannabinoid system, you, you basically got a DA license. You bought THC from a licensed vendor and they, there was an inspector who came and made sure you weren't ingesting it. <laughs> so, so and, you know, I think things are going to change because, you know, there's going to be – yeah, and there are starting to be research institutes based on cannabis and so forth. So I think the government will have to come around. Just a uh, just a matter of time. I, I agree with you 100 percent on them following up. You know, always always playing catch up. That uh, that's a, a great analogy for them. So California's in great big huge transition. Been medical for a long time, 20 some odd years, if I if I remember correctly. But now we're going recreational. And what do you think the impact of the the recreational market's going to have on uh, you know the medical market in California and and the opportunity for folks like yourselves to continue to do research. Yeah, so, you know, I don't know that I can give a great answer to that question. Um, beyond that, my view of it has been that uh, sort of anecdotally, I just know a large percentage of the population who would consider um, the use of cannabis for medical reasons, ironically enough, but are afraid to talk to their doctor about it or to go to see a doctor about it. So 
what I, I mean, I think essentially that the barrier to entry into the market, for, especially for the baby boomer generation, is taken away. And uh, I know a lot of folks in this age range that are intrigued by the cannabis space. Now, how is it going to play out in terms of affecting medical um, cannabis sales and, and medical cannabis-based research? It's, it's a little hard to say for me right now at that point. Um, every person that I know has a company similar to mine is basically trying to obtain licenses to do both. And, uh, you know, and the hope is simply that your market is going to increase. And that, I think that's likely to be true. Um, but yeah, for us, I actually... It seems like we might actually start to see some, you know, almost, I don't want to call it anecdotal, but, you know, kind of relationship evidence that we're seeing out of places like Colorado where, you know, the uh, sick Alzheimer's disease, for instance, right? So Absolutely. it goes, so, goes recreational, more people use it for whatever reason, whether it's truly yeah. recreational or because they're self-medicating because they don't want to talk to their doctor. And then all of a sudden, less cases of Alzheimer's happens. It, you, you think, do you think that could happen? I, act, I totally believe that will, will be the case. And, um, I, again, at the, when I was recently at this epilepsy conference, Stanford, there was representatives from hospitals in Colorado who track, who see a lot of uh, children with epilepsy and adult patients with epilepsy, and they have been tracking whether or not they're taking cannabis and whether or not it's having benefits, and the data looks strong. So, uh, you know, there was no clinical trial. This is just following, um, tracking uh, patient histories, but... Uh, yeah, it, it looked interesting, and of course, uh, the 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 thing that people uh, and as a scientist, I have to say, I was skeptical of this too. I think one of the reasons that politicians don't believe in the medical benefits of cannabis is because it seems to be beneficial for so many different indications, and um, and you know, so I always thought that too. But but broadly speaking, I think that's the way the plant works: is that it has these anti-inflammatory compounds and and. It's the instead of just reducing it to THC, I don't think THC alone would have benefits on all these different indications. I think that you're taking an extract. I mean, I always view it as like, in some ways, like drinking green tea or something like that. It's a plant extract. There's beneficial compounds in there. There's a known health benefits for these. Yeah, the uh, it'll be it'll be really interesting. You know, maybe maybe in uh, twenty years we should make an appointment to to have this conversation again. And that's and, right. <laughs> you know, look back and say, wow, was that uh, was that ever crazy? How you know how we were on the forefront, or uh, you know, how how common it is now? Uh, well, it, it it could. I mean, I I actually when I look at it, I believe that that cannabis may have a bigger impact on health than antibiotics did. Sure. Oh, absolutely. You can see the potential for it for sure. Yeah. So super, super interesting, super fascinating. Uh, you know, I, I think we could probably go on this conversation here for hours, but um, unfortunately, we're out of time. And uh, so, um, Paul, I'd like to, to thank you for being on the show today. In the event that somebody wanted to contact you, whether it's for your product or investing in your company or, or just uh, discussing scientific research about cannabinoid systems, what's the best way to, for people to contact you? Yeah, um, so the easiest way is just through our website. So um, if you Google Dr. Pauls, it comes up, and uh, and or it's drpauls.co. Um, but there's contact information there, and, and uh, that would be the easiest and fastest way to get in touch with us. Um, and also, I just wanted to also say that, uh, you know, I, I, want, I we didn't get a chance at all to talk about your company, but, <laughs> but, uh, but I have to say that you guys actually played an important role in the launching and success of our company. I mean, we initially had a small system, and um, when I decided to start my own company, 
you guys were really great about like scale, you know, being willing to do the trade in and get a bigger instruments and which we're looking forward to do again. And, uh, you know, to me, um, just outstanding support and the quality of the instruments were so good that, that we've never really had issues. And if we had issues, we were able to deal with it right away. And, uh, so uh, to me, just looking at your history, like how you, didn't come from this area either and that that you saw that this was was an interesting opportunity uh i just wanted to say that you know we've appreciated that i mean not having to deal with headaches on the manufacturing side due to high quality instrumentation has really been something that now we enjoy because we don't have that headache hey thank you i i really appreciate that and this is this is not a paid advertisement by dr michowski um (laughs) so thanks i appreciate the feedback that's uh that's great um Again, thanks, Dr. Machowski, for being on uh, a guest on our show today. It, uh, it's been really, really fascinating and insightful. Um, so appreciate you coming out and, and having some time on the show. Look for other Mission Supercritical shows to learn about Apex Supercriticals. More than 500 customers, like Dr. Paul, who are operating in the cannabis industry today. We hope you can join us. And until then, happy extracting. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.